get ourselves underway. We'll gut ourselves? I got I didn't ourselves sign up for anyway. this. We could gut ourselves anyway. And welcome to the Monster Lore Tour Paranormal Deep Dives from the Edge of Nowhere podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Carr, here along with my co host and the captain to my Tennille, Mr. Matt Ozero, aka the Moz. How are we doing today, Moz? No complaints. Oh, it's a bit rough though so far this episode, I tell you, man, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so, old business is where we start. Which correct? time we try to record this, to which are you referring? <laughs> This one, yet again, <laughs> okay. yet again. We'll get Yikes. to that in the side trail, though. Yikers. Uh, so as we normally do, we'll hit our old business first. Uh, I think we both have a little bit of this, so... We do. You're going to go first on this one, Moss? Yes. As far as the glassy serpent, I looked up the oarfish to find the vertical, horizontal thing. Oh, yeah, And right. the oarfish, I mean, it does kind of move past itself a little bit, but it's more undulating in the waves. It's called amiform, the way it moves, A-M-I-A-M-I-I-F-O-R-M. Okay. Kind of an undulating wave pattern that moves forward. So um, is that a vertical thing or a horizontal it's, thing? It's vertical, but it's not, the, it's, 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 there's a correlation Okay. Of it moving past each other and moving up and down, but oh, really? not quite what we're seeing with the Gloucester Sea Serpent. Interesting. So, so it is more like the description of the serpent's movements and stuff than we thought, though. It's slightly closer, and we would really need somebody. But definitely not spot on. Yeah, or Spotify. <laughs> we, we, we would need to talk to, like, I like want to. Like and subscribe to. on Spotify. <laughs> I would like to talk to somebody who knows stuff about this someday. Yeah. Because the movement doesn't make any sense. This has a more correlation maybe than it should, but doesn't. Well, we have a podcast now. Let's do this. If anyone out there listening is any sort of marine biologist or anything who could yeah. give us some insight on this, please send us an email at monsterloretour at gmail.com. Maybe we'll even get you an interview on one of our episodes. And if you were a family member been injured by an orifice, you may be entitled to a cash reward. <laughs> not from us. We don't have no, any we money. Don't, we don't, blah, 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 blah. Not, yeah. yeah. You can get a t-shirt, which we don't Ooh, have t-shirt. yet. Yeah. Oh, we'll totally send you. Well, we're not going to make them for a little while, but I want to on the list. The slinky, you know, every, the glass to sea serpent. That might be our first t-shirt. Everyone knows it's slinky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we can use that because of the furry yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But we can spell it wrong. Slinky the Sea we Serpent. We can't spell anyway. There you go. We say Slinky the Sea Serpent and then yeah. Gloucester, Massachusetts on, at the bottom yeah. with the picture of the Sea Serpent. We just made our first t shirt. I like it. So, and do you have anything, sir? Oh, yes. I do, actually. Back to the, the future. Gloucester Sea Serpent episode again. You, you actually, the whole oarfish thing because you were relating it to the Daedalus. So the Daedalus, I, I did some looking up. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't all that familiar with it. 
So I did do some research, and I realized, uh, timeline-wise, that that happened in the middle of the potato famine, the Irish potato famine. Mm-hmm. And I know there was like a blight on the potatoes and stuff that really cost, but I wondered if there was some, you know, climatic correlation like we were seeing with mm-hmm. the volcanoes and the serpent. And get this. On June 11, 1846, a volcano in Tonga called Fonvale. I think I said that, right? Is this where the volcano jumps the ship? It had a major eruption. Well, get this. This was almost exactly two years before the sighting of the Daedalus, the Daedalus incident, seeing the giant serpent-like thing in the water, just like the time gap between the volcanic eruption and the Gloucester Sea Serpent. It was two years apart. This leads into what I did, which was more important. But before I get there, did you do your Gilligan's Island homework? No. I'm pointing at him now, pointedly. <laughs> no. Well, I did. I did my real homework. Okay. <laughs> but this ties in exactly with your Arthur Fonzarelli volcano thing. Arthur Fonzarelli volcano? Whatever you said it was. Fon, Fon, oh, the Fonvale. Fonvale, yeah. So, anyway, back to Gilligan's Island. It appears that the volcano episode aired on March 10th, 1966. And the spider episode aired a little over a year later, April 3rd, 1967. So that matches the pattern and the distances involved. Because Batsquatch scared immediately on on Mount St. Helens. And this Gloucester Sea Serpent, it was two years before it was already like homeless, angry... Yeah, good swimming around, still pissed about the Big Bang. So you're saying that the Gilligan's the, Island spider is the averaging of bat squatch in the Gloucester yeah, Sea Serpent? Yeah, it took a year for the spider <laughs> on the other side of the island to be like, man, what's going on and here? And that's how we do math here at MLT. <laughs> well, the, the spider could have been really angry, and then they finally went into that cave, and he's still like, you know, still angry about the volcano. And then I think it was Ginger and the professor who were really imperiled in that episode, if I remember correctly. But okay. So I think maybe it was really angry in that cave and since it happened. I mean, we don't know. Right. We, we just don't know. It's going to be one of those things we may never solve. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think it's more about Squatch than Sea Serpent, but yeah. I'll allow it. All right. Well, I, we should end old business, I think. Yes, please. <laughs> please, <laughs> let's. We may not do old business anymore, ever. Maybe not. I don't know if I'm going to let you talk like on, on old business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Hey, I'm trying to like wean you on to like, like not fixing any of our mistakes. Because it's all a mistake. So why would we like harp on? like? My mom has always told me I was a mistake. There. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. We did jump the volcano. I'm just kidding. We just jumped I'm just kidding. My mom loves me very much. Speaking of our last mistakes, since we've started this episode 79 times. Oh, God, dude. This episode. We'll talk about that at some point. We're going to do the steps as the side trail to we not are. disrupt the episode itself. Yeah. But this but is, we've, yeah. We're burning all kinds of yeah. Native American stuff. This is right definitely now. a cursed episode. We need to get through it alive and never try to do it again. Yes, but since we had so many times to get it right, and we said the entire name, the skin walker, we don't want to do it anymore. No, so we don't. So I've learned my lesson. No, you haven't. So I come up with a game so we'll be better at this time. Oh, okay. There we go. So we're going to practice. Okay. Jimmy. Walker. Johnny. Huh. 
Walker. I Red. And this Ooh, is Johnny the- Walker. Red. Yeah, blue. <laughs> blue. Okay, and now the bonus round. Uh, Johnny Walker. Texas. Oh, Ranger. Texer, wa- Texas. Johnny Walker, Texas Tex- Ranger. <laughs> so Skin Walker, Texas Ranger. I think we're ready. Oh wow! Now we're now we're now we're, we're, we're gonna fool them. Okay, but you know now I'm excited. We are a little sad that I started with this one because we've not been able to get it across the threshold because we've had some trouble. And we've I, had eight million kinds of trouble. With this oh, we've had some trouble with this one, but. Here's the thing, like I did here, I wasn't going to do this one first, but then a little voice told me that I should. Was it a little discordant and sounded like someone you know? <laughs> it sounded like you, but slightly off register. Yeah, that would make sense. We shouldn't have done it, but you know, it, it happens. But power I, through, man. This is why we're here. Power now. through. Everything's yeah. working right now. This is part of the journey. This is part of the journey. From it. Yeah, but we're hating it. <laughs> yeah, this is the hate part. <laughs> this is the hate <laughs> We got to get out of it so we, we can move towards the, the love. Uh, we got to get out of the hate, man. So here's where we're going to start, because this is the part you may not have heard yet. According to the X-Files, season one, episode 19, Shapes, the skin walker has red eyes and fangs, which is fine so far. But then Mulder mentions the Manitou, which to my understanding is a great spirit connotation. Looking it up further, it's Algonquin for life force. Be positive or negative, but usually it's just a generic term for life force, great spirity kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it for the folklore. And then the rest of the X-Files, it goes like total werewolf episode. Okay. Well, that's the X-Files. Do you have anything besides the X-Files? So far, we've done Gilligan's Island in the X-Files. I do. <laughs> in Supernatural, ah. Sam and Dean, <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I added this part because it's been so much fun so far. But uh, basically, they treat it the same way as a werewolf. I've had so much more extra time to research this that yeah, I just yeah. I just watch Supernatural and X-Files. Okay. But look, why does everybody conflate the werewolf? There's a lot of overlap between the werewolf and the skin. Walker. But I, I think that, the you know, I don't understand why an Oxford-educated guy like Fox Mulder gets this confused. Yeah, that seems way off, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're going to start with some definitions today. And... Uh, the skin walker. The Navajo term is the Yana Delushi. That by its means goes on all fours. Yana Delushi. Yes, it's okay. some awkward phraseology, but essentially we're discussing a shaman who carries out some evil act of ta- taboo. Most common is to murder a family member and or eat them. Right. Um, but they do this specifically to gain power. And the difference between the Wendigo is the Wendigo, you're just starving and you eat a family member and then you turn into this creature of insatiable and, and it's very specifically cannibalistic yeah to the Wendigo. right but the the commonality is they really look alike <laughs> when you see the depictions there's definitely some commonality here but the skin uh, yeah i guess so walker is, is looking for power and it's already a shaman it's just trying to be you know kind of go in the darker road like the Wendigo almost looks like a transformed skin walker right like the animal side of it is that yeah what you're getting at? they're a little tall a little more elongated but they, they there's a there's definitely a similarity i think okay. so. but for a glossary of terms stuff here many tribes have different terms for healers or vision questers or witch doctors we're going to use shaman or nogwal to at this in, in this podcast for the most part um Shaman comes from the Tungus region of Russia. It's applied to a great many tribes, and Nagual is more the Mexican Toltec counterpart. We'll be using both of those. 
Okay. We're looking for more than a medicine so man. Those are basically the most ancient or like the oldest kind of terms to use for that. Well, it is regional, so people be like, why are you calling a shaman? That's right. from Siberia. But right. at the same time, you there's a commonality between the whole shaman genre, and then there's things that are different. It's that Volkadankan, Elmankadankan thing we were talking tomato, about. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Well, no, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's some I mean, in a way, tomato, and then there's... I mean, there's obviously cultural differences in how they might go about doing their thing, but when right. it gets down to the base level, they fill that niche in their right. community right. in a very similar way. Well, there's, there's differences and there's commonalities. Right. And you uh, have to pick a term. And the reason we don't use medicine man is because they could just be doing things to heal, you know. Right. We're talking more about the ones that go on ecstatic journeys, vision quests, and can shape shift into animal forms. And the shaman is morally ambiguous. There's good ones, there's bad ones, there's ugly ones, like those spaghetti westerns, depending on your, you know, underworld view. But there's also this kind of piece of it that doesn't make sense to me, where they discuss the dark shaman, but the dark shaman doesn't mean bad, depending on what you're reading. Right. It just be the ones that go to the underworld for messages for the community. So it gets confusing. It, it's a yin-yang thing. It's the, the light and dark don't necessarily mean good and bad, right? Right. And, and But from the dark shaman perspective of some tribes, they're just going to the underworld for, to bring back a healing thing to help the community. Right. But there could be something really dark that's just going back for personal power. So how do you distinguish between the dark shaman and the one that goes to the dark underworld? And anthropology doesn't seem to do that. Right. Do right. I have to do everything? Like it? it, it they just have to make to everything that. black and white. We gotta, know? we gotta figure it out because it, honestly, it does. It did confuse me when I was reading some of these theses. Because are you just going to the underworld because you're trying to help Aunt Betty, or are you going to the underworld so you can come back and devour Aunt Betty? There's a difference there. <laughs> There's definitely a difference. Definitely there. a difference. But they don't, they don't distinguish it, you know. And and it confused me, and I'm easily confused. You know, sure. Basically. I'm right there with you. Yeah. You know, it's always struck me as more of a Jedi and Sith thing with them using kind of that same force of the universe for good and bad. So instead of like light and dark, good and bad, I see it more like Jedi and Sith. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, so they're like uh, little Jedi, so it would be like Sith or... or. <laughs> <laughs> well... We'll bring that back to the shop. The Jedi we'll Shaman and the Sithers would yeah. be the Oh, that's rough. Sithser. It makes sense though in its way. We'll have to we'll have to workshop that. Yep. Anywho. And location, I just want to say in general, uh happens all over the US. But there's a couple of hot spots, the Southwest being one of them. Uh, I think and this is just arbitrarily me picking it, but the Uinta Mountains with Utah with skin. Walker's Ranch. That was close, you almost said. <laughs> I know I did. Um, but basically, that area seems to be a hot spot. And the Four Corners region of of the Southwest seems to be a hot spot. Oh, yeah. Down around here is definitely a hot spot. But anywhere seems to be a hot spot, as we'll get to. Which I was surprised when I heard all the different oh, accounts. Like anywhere? Anywhere, anywhere in the United States is the ones that, you know, I've heard, you know, like, oh, we'll wow. get to it. Okay. But we won't be talking that much about uh, Skin Walkers. Ranch, but Walker, yeah, <laughs> Excuse Johnny me. Walker Red. <laughs> <laughs> but I do recommend George Knapp's The Hunt for the Skinwalker. It's a wonderful book for oh, a fan. You accounts. just said it. 
Shit. Well, this is the this is the book. Sorry, right, keep going. This is the book. No, it's the book. True. Okay, fair it's enough. The book. You fair have enough. to do it. You know, I, I took a nap on that one. K and A. Fair enough. Uh, it's a wonderful book. It's on Hulu right now. Or the newer series, Secret of Skin Walker Ranch with Travis Taylor, and that's more. Have to admit, spoiler alert. That's a little more. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's a little more portally. Yeah, the ranch is its own thing. It's that's a different level out there. But the but the Shermans saw a giant oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, it's definitely wolf walk part onto of their property. They just haven't. That hasn't happened in the, at least to the episodes I have watched. So, but more to come. I just mean it's not. You know, Skin Walker Ranch isn't just about Skin Walker. It's all kinds of things. It's very portly. There's UFO things said, yeah. and there's exactly. all kinds of different animal things. Right. And, yeah. Right. But we haven't seen what we would describe. It doesn't have that Native American connection the way as of yet that we would be looking for. Right. So, but I do want to start a quote from George Knapp, though, from that book, because I think it's really re- relevant to what we're discussing today. While mainstream scientists are unlikely to ever give credence to any theory based on tribal lore or the black magic power of shape-shifting Indian witches, it's difficult to ignore the seeming connection between the best-known paranormal hotspots around the country and a strong Native American presence. Indigenous tribes seem to be on the edge of nearly all of these paranormal outbreaks. That's the hunt for Spaginwalk. That's interesting. Castite. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know when you're doing the title of a book, it's really tough. To it stop is tough. There. It's, it's a tough reference. when you're reading it like that. It's yeah. a reference. But researching this, Nap does. You know, like everyone seems to ignore. I mean, they he doesn't ignore it, but they don't have a lot to say about why, and that's why we're gonna like kind of stick to that theme on this. And I really wanted to read. There's a book called Navajo Witchcraft by Cluckhone, Clyde Cluckhone, 1905 to 1960. It says it's a free download. I was not able to do. Uh, <laughs> I was not it. able to get this. So it's one of those Patreon pleas. We have that, so little budget that we can't yeah, even we afford can't, the free stuff. Yeah, we can't even <laughs> afford a donate button. If someone right. could donate a donate button, that would be great. There you go. But I w- we patreon.com slash monster lore tour. <laughs> but we would like to have a little bit of a so we can. I would like to do better in deep dives by getting more of the stuff. And I've struggled a little bit thus far. We found some great information. We'd like to find more. We could use your oh, yeah. help. I got uh, some hundred dollar books I want to buy for some stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, we chose not to ask our Native American friends or Navajo friends about any related stories, but it, yeah, it's awkward, man. Well, it's taboo, yeah, and we decided against it. But it didn't matter in the end because we've already recorded the interview episode, sure, and we now have friends because we've all lived around these parts who yeah. have either had experiences with this directly or second or third hand kind of. Yeah, we actually have a few interviews that'll be. Uh, tying back into this two-parter that we're starting here yep so buckle up down the old wolf pelt and deer skull uh no don't do that probably, probably mine's a bear probably, probably, yeah that's right bear totem so but the way i started this and the way i kind of got this kind of greased the wheels for this whole project that's gone off the rails <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> as i I, I listened to the 66 stories on YouTube from Darkness Prevails. You listened to 66 stories? Correct. That, now, that's doing some research. It was, it was. I don't remember, but I want to say it was like three and a half hours of listening. Nice. And uh, here's some of the, and I kind of just t- t- took some notes on where things happen. I was just trying to get a little bit of data from this. 
Winthrop, West, uh, Washington, Rockingham, North Carolina, Strawberry, Arizona, Northern Idaho, San Bernardino Mountains, California, the Ozarks, the Oaxaca, Mexico, Stanislaus National Forest, Tolmany, Sierra Nevadas, Michigan, Northern and Southeastern, Massachusetts, Montana, Utah, Pennsylvania. Damn. The Appa- Appalachia, Poconos. So you weren't kidding. It's all over North the continent. Carolina. Texas, Austra- to an Australia outside of the continent. All over the world. Mexico. And Flagstaff, I added, because we had to. We have that personally, yeah. Yep. But most were near and around the Navajo Res in Arizona, close to where we did our initial investigation. Some of the sounds we hear are yips, growls, and howls, but most accounts there's an, a screechy shriek thing going on. Uh, sounded, one sounded somewhere between a child and the tires of a car stopping abruptly, which I think was interesting. Yikes. One encounter, there was a double scream, kind of a male-female simultaneous Janus scream Ooh, thing going on. Yeah, like the double-toned scream. Yes. Um, most stand between six and nine feet tall, which is not that dissimilar from the Wendigo. That's why I said the Wendigo's yeah, large. Yeah. Uh, eyes, most accounts were red, sometimes yellow was the second most likely. Uh, one encounter was orange. One encounter was frosty white, usually glowing brightly. Orange. Frosty. I wonder if that was just a mix of the red and yellow. Yes. Yeah. Um, one goat-like. One described empty sockets, uh, which is similar to an us file that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, a family member reported voidness. Uh, as humans, they have animal shine, but as skin walker, they have human eyes. So test your friends oh, with so a flashlight. It's, so yeah. it's backwards. Yes. When they're in human form, they have the animal shine. When they're in animal form, they don't. Yep. Uh, that That's a good giveaway There's right there. There's a giveaway. Um, odor, it's bad, kind of a rotting, sulfury smell or death or decay, rotten eggs. That is hell, uh, sulfur yes. from the pits of hell, right? right? Or patchouli as well. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. They're, they're hippies at the end of the day. Sitting here in a cloud of Palo Santo smoke, you shouldn't be making fun of patchouli, man. We do have a pile of that right now wafting in my face. We'll talk about Let's that hope later. It worked. Let's hope it Let's worked. Let's hope it worked. Usually they're naked with animal skins only. There's usually something off about them, not quite pulling off the desired animal form perfectly. Uh, this theme will come across again and again with a lot of different cryptoids around the globe. Uh, as for the transformation, we have this list of theranthropic guises. Um, most common was deer or elk, over a dozen. And I thought, and, and isn't, this doesn't add up to 66, but these are the ones I kind of checked off as they were described. Because sometimes it's right. just in the dark and they're hearing things. But there were, there were basically over a dozen deer or elk. Then there were eight wolf, five coyote, three dog, one bear, one jaguar, one snake, one goat, one sheep. Huh. So there's definitely goats and sheep, even, huh? Well, they're out there on they'll, the road. They'll sneak. Or, oh, that's actually kind of smart because they can blend in with the herd, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's a not sheep, basically. <laughs> so sometimes more emaciated humanoid. It's with a not wolf in not sheep's clothing. Oh, very good. Yeah, nice. Well, I see what you did there. Elongation is really common. Elongated fingers, elongated forearms, claw-like hands or toes. Sometimes they're bone thin. Some have deer feet. That's kind of similar to the Wendigo too, right? The bone thin thing, because they the get elong- very the Lo- Wendigo elongated is very and elongated, thin. and that's where I say there's another theme that keeps coming up with these things. Yeah, that isn't. I've never yeah. really thought about the overlap on that. The yeah. elongation, well, elongation shows up in so many creatures, like the Sasabonesum. It's just endless right, creatures right. are elongated on some level. Yeah, well, that's part of what makes them creepy. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, that's where Slender Man came from. He's just right. all stretched. He's elongated. Out. There's he fits the 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 bill on that one. Yeah. Um, some encounters found elk or deer often standing on their hind legs. Ooh. Oh, that's like the the not deer, right? Yes. And uh, first of many data collection things that I just kind of tried to get together. But we are going to be on the track of trying to rip off the mask of this. Mr. Perkin Jenkins, and this was just where I wanted to start okay. listening to as it. As long as we don't rip off the other podcasts while we're doing it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll give kudos to Darkness Prevails. That's where we started. Oh, there you go. Those Darkness we'll, Prevails we'll is the winner of this week's Mad Cujo's Award. But from a shamanic standpoint, uh, we tend to see shamans who go south. Uh, and there's the north-south road. We talked about this once before. North-south is generally good. The east-west road is flanked by monsters, and we're going to get more into that at some point. Even with some of our interviews, we found the same Yeah, yeah, that whole out-of-the-east thing. Out-of-the-east, yeah. yeah. The west is the Thunderbird, the east is the Wolf of the East. And even think about the Wizard of Oz. Where were the bad witches from? Yeah, the, the Wicked Witch the of the East, east and, and the west. west. Very good. And, and Glenda the Good Witch was of the north, right? Wasn't she... Of, Glenda just, was in the north. You blew my mind a little bit there. Yeah. You brought. You did something I would have. Done. There's an old school pop culture reference for you, Moz. But here's the thing: like this is something I would do. Why did you do that? Yeah, it's kind of annoying me right now. The Wizard. I mean, of, I'm, I'm both impressed and saddened. The Wizard of Moz cannot <laughs> directly Maz. reference the Wizard of Oz. I had to do it for you. I had to do it for you. Well, I, I actually had. No, I didn't actually. You just kind of blew my mind a little bit there. So you're welcome. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> this is your. Episode. I would have done a whole episode on that later. You know, but now this you can. flying That's monkey the takes my. <laughs> well, the flying monkeys go with the bat squatch, which we keep mentioning. I do have an episode planned for that yeah, this season, yeah, but we'll it's, it's we'll going to be, be a little while. But at it's some coming. Point, definitely. But the shamans gone bad tend to have these similar totems. The ones often deemed more animalistic, savage, less revered by a given tribe. Here's Mercier Eliade, the Yugukur tribe from Russia. Uh, the weaker shamans, or those with the Aikla, and that's like the totem, the helper spirit, okay. uh, is a dog. The more powerful have a bull, a colt, an eagle, an elk, or a brown bear. There you go. I told you. You're talking about a good one. Those who have wolves or dogs are the, generally the least favored. I had the generally part. It's not part of the quote. Right. But uh, we see that time and time again. Dark shamans, specifically, you know, the Yana Delushi typically adopt the predators as their totem, with the exception of what? That deer elk thing. Yeah, it's weird that the deer is actually the most common. It's the outlier yeah. or the antler liar. Of the not liar. The not liar. But this isn't hard and fast rule, but you don't often hear of a skin walker assuming the shape of a hawk or an eagle or sacred totems. Oh, yeah. They don't. I mean, if it's a nighttime flyer, it's usually going to be a what? What would you guess? An owl. An owl or a bat. Oh, a bat. Like Lechuza's the owl, and there's more bat-like stuff out there. They're not flying around as generally as eagles and, you know. Well, not that we know of, too, you know? No, a lot of these things are really dark. They, even the color is color. You know, they're colored really gray, ash and gray. Can I tangent on a theory here for a second? Sure. Are you back in the Wizard of Oz? You, <laughs> is is an apple? Well, is a tree going to start throwing apples at us? It's not. It's more a spiritual energy thing than it is a physical thing. So, what if the more powerful the shaman, the more powerful the spirit they can turn into? So, like. 
dogs are very basic on that you know mm-hmm. wolves are a step up right the deer are very basic but when you start getting into the bear and the eagle right. and the hawk those are very yeah. powerful spirits yeah. in that realm mm-hmm. So what if it's just that only the very most powerful shaman are able to turn into those? So they're way less common and also maybe a lot harder to spot because if those guys have that level of power to be able to turn into that, maybe they're much more convincing in, in their transformation. I think we're going to get to that. I think you're on to something okay. there. So there's definitely okay. we'll more put, to come We'll put on that, that on the back burner. Oh, it's it's on somewhere. It's already on a burner in here somewhere. There you we'll go. To it. So I think you're on, you're on to something. I'm just warming you up. I know it. You're serving them over. Uh, I'm still kind of weird out about the weird wizard office. You know, <laughs> That's sticking with you. Huh? Well, it's like, why didn't I do that? It's, I'll get over it. Well, it's you inspire okay. me, Moz. You put these wow. things in my brain. And like, that was in the moment. I've never had that thought Yeah, before. if a student does something great, you're supposed to be really proud of them, but mm. I'm just an idiot. I'm mm. just like, yeah. dang, why didn't You're I threatened by my prowess. Yeah, yeah, because you got a bear totem. I'm Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have figured that out. Yeah, we? yeah, we'll get to that. But crawl but locomotion they're usually crawling on all fours but they can be bipedal at times um nearly half the creature accounts seem to stand up on two legs at some point during the encounter there's an awkward gait there's jerky movements being reported it's not quite right as we talked about that's like the not deer too right yeah they're not quite Is right the not deer just a uh poorly transformed skin walker i mean it all ties together here. The Wendigo, the S-dubs, the not-deer. Maybe it's all just kind of the same thing. I uh, Like, that's three pages from now. You ah, sorry, stop. I'm doing it again. I'll stop talking. Go ahead, Moss. But I agree episode. with you. Your no, episode. Totally agree with you. I And that's where we're going. That's why I kind of did what I did with, like, a monster roll call as we go. We go from similar things towards the skin. Walker. And I kind of, you know, say, well, there's all these common themes, and then it kind of gets yeah. more and more closer. Yeah. And, the, and the not deer in there, and the deer man of Alberta, we'll, we'll get to all that. Deer man of Alberta, that's a new one to exactly. me. Exactly. So this is why I want to have a podcast. Exactly. But there's also this tracks transforming from human to animal, or vice versa. Sometimes multiple species prints are found as one set of tracks change from a wolf to a man to something hooved, very Ooh. common. They're unnaturally fast. This thing is crazy fast. Been reported to run alongside moving cars and keeping pace with vehicles for quite some time. And I can attest to that. Yeah. Well, well here's the thing. Like in a couple episodes. I, I, I wrote this part before we did our interview. You have a story that relates to this. Right. And then Bone has a story that relates to this, and I wrote well, this. That's before. right. He's I, got one that ties right into that, too. But I wrote this one before. And it's just because they just fit into the normal it's right. our friends' stories fit into the tropes. Yeah. There's also an account of these things staring down at people from ridge lines, then moving crazy frenetically, and then they're kind of traversing things very fast. And like one minute they're in a wash, the next one on the top of the mesa. Yeah. I wrote this before Bones' interview. Right. Just we're all out of timeline. Episode time five line. is going to be an interview we've already recorded before yeah. episode three. So we. We talk in funny tenses sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we're time lords, but total reverse. time lords. We're, we're fl- flying around in a little phone booth. We're more like Doctor What, because instead of Doctor Who, yeah, we're Doctor What. I, what? What are you saying? But we're, we're Doctor WTF. But I don't understand why we had so many stories from our friends that fit right into these categories, and we will get to that when we get to that. But. They're global themes, and then it turns out when you put a microphone, you get you open a 
can of beer and you hand it to your friend, he has the same story that fits right yeah, and into this. And they really do all tie into those same things, man. And it's they, crazy. And they really do drink a lot of and our my beer own too. This stuff. My own, too. Yes. Yours fit all the tropes. Yeah. Between them, I cover all those bases. And we will get there. Uh, mimicry is very common. Voice of a loved one, not quite right, kind of off register. Something off about the voice crazily common uh i in that 66 darkness prevails thing over half of them had some kind of mimicry goes the the wow. biggest theme from the kind of the stories that people were reporting uh so put a pin in that because we're going to get back to that you know shapeshifters are tough to put a pin in but yeah if you can manage that they squirm around too much yeah to dip it in ash and use a silver knife probably there you go speaking of their weapons Crushed bone powder is what they use, often of babies. They'll climb on they climb on top of your teepee or hogan or house, and they will sprinkle this. They're trying to make you sick, or they'll blow it into your face. Oh, God. But climbing up on a house. Crushed baby bone? Crushed baby bone. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. We call it talcum. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, John... If you were a loved one, actually, Johnson Johnson can cause cancer now. So maybe, yeah, maybe they're just using the same stuff. Maybe it's the same, the same thing. Johnson, we got to look into those Johnsons. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of Johnsons. One of them's in the evil twin. <laughs> one of them's got to be the evil twin. Right? That's right. Yeah, you're, you're getting the themes. You're getting yeah. the tropes. Yeah. But climbing up onto the hogan and dropping stuff into it. What does mm-hmm. that remind you of? Climbing up on the roof. You have a story. You know. Oh. Yeah. Tell that way. Might as well. Oh, yeah. I know we're in the middle of the stuff, but just it's a quick one, I think. Yeah, so my my house in Winslow had like big screened in back patio, the roof over it. And at the west end, I, I have to use compass directions now. The west end of the house, there was a tree growing up. Some of the limbs like sticking out over the roof of the back of the house, so like over the patio. And uh, my neighbors had cats, and I would be sitting out there, and it was a common thing. I would hear a cat jump out of the tree, and you'd hear a little boom on the roof. You know, nothing much, but you could you heard something land, and you'd hear the little pitter-patter of feet going across the roof. And you could tell it was a cat, you know what I mean, because it was a little thing. But I'm sitting out there one night, and this happens, but this is not a cat. Like, all of a sudden, there's just this boom on on the roof like something big like full-grown person or something just jumped out of that tree as soon as it hits it it starts running across the roof like footsteps banging like west to east going west to east it was definitely cutting along it was going right across over my head by the sound of it and if anything might have angled a little bit but um but as soon as it, like I heard the thunk, I'm up off the couch. Like, what the hell's going on? As soon as it starts running, I'm standing right by the door. Right next to the door is a big old serrated edge shovel. Mm-hmm. And so I bolt to the door. I grab the shovel on my way out. Like I'm out the door in two seconds, maybe three. Like literally two, three seconds. Right. And I'm still hearing it run across the roof. Mm-hmm. You know what? So and I get out. I get a few steps. The lights are on. Had floodlights out back, so home. it was pretty well lit. I get a few steps out the door, you know, I come out and I turn around looking up on the roof. There's nothing up there. Like, I was hearing footsteps a second ago. Right. And there was nothing up there. I was on the east corner of the house so I could see down the side yard. There was nothing in the side yard, nothing on the neighbor's roof. Like, 
something could jump like a mountain you know, lion. Mountain lion, if it could jump, or a deer, or something like that, could could definitely jump the spans between houses. But there was nothing on the neighbor's roof, nothing in the neighbor's backyard. Like there was nothing out there. Mm-hmm. Deer don't usually, unless it's around Christmas. Well, dude, there's no mountain <laughs> lions in Winslow either, though. You know, I don't, I don't believe there's nothing, so either. There's nothing out there that would do. There that. are mountain lions if you if you go 50 miles. Uh, well, they stay west. in the, Yeah, they're up in the hill. They're in Flagstaff. They're in Flagstaff. In the mountains around Flagstaff. I've they're never not. heard of mountain lions around. No, I mean, I'm not no. saying they couldn't get there though. And, and if so, it wouldn't be coming into the neighborhood that's it's so much empty desert out there there's no way it would bother coming in and you're thinking even if it was a mountain lion you would have seen it the way you stepped out yes absolutely i probably would have gotten my face bit off honestly if it was in rabbit you had a shovel or something (laughs) you had a shovel yeah a lot of good that was gonna do me yeah well you know it sounded like and you know you can hear the footsteps it was it sounded bipedal right so this is happening a bunch of feet like the four feet thing, like a horse or anything. Right. It was two feet. What? Yeah. It was like a person jumped on my roof. Right. Now, either the neighbor's kid was playing truth or dare and is somehow super agile and stealthy that he got out of my view somehow. Mm-hmm. Or... But again, to reiterate, this is in Winslow, Arizona, on the edge of the res, mm-hmm. on the edge of nowhere. Right in the middle of their territory. And you can see from the back of that house all the way across the painted desert. It was literally on the edge of nowhere. And uh, you had something, and that's why I asked you to bring it so up not, at this time. So, so you're so. saying that somebody was trying to put crushed baby powder down my chimney it's, or something? It's not just the skin. Walker. If you look globally, there's a lot of things that climb up on the roof, and they either enter that way or try to put something to make people sick in the house and and the skin walker is one of these that that do this with this crushed baby powder or different things that will make the family sick. that's messed up yep so and the, the mimicry point the fat fangs and teeth and there's kind of these it's almost a voodoo like curse kind of elements to it uh, but it's the best offense is ash uh and so if you know Ash Williams and has a boom-boom <laughs> stick, you just, he'll just come over and help Ash you. has always been my best defender, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what this means, but it's not capitalized Ash. It's just little it's Ash. Just wood Ash. Little Ash. Sage, so, right? Sage, is a, sage Ash, I bet, would work. Correct. Um, I think Juniper is really good. There you um, go. But really just any Ash. It didn't really specify a type, just Ash. Wood, yeah. Wood Ash. Yeah, if you put ash on a knife or uh, anything silver or bullets, uh, or, or you need a shaman of equal strength is the other one. Oh, there you go. Uh, juniper is another uh, thing that is actually can work in a pinch. Uh, gin probably works in yeah, a pinch. Yeah, juniper is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just drink a lot of gin. These things will leave you alone. There you that, go. That's my thought. I think there's, I think Mark. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's a good trade. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a bunch of gin will probably poison you just as well as that crushed baby bone. Right. But if you you got to also aim for the neck if you're shooting this because they're wearing uh, something, a pelt and an antlers on their oh, head. Oh, because it's a false head. It's a false head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good survival tip right there. Yeah. Faced with a shape-changing shaman, make sure you aim for the neck. Right. And that is, again, or even the upper chest. And just to give you an idea, I'm not doing a lot of reference for this. It's just things I found around the, the web, and there are things that 
Alex Bones we've talked about. It's just yeah. kind of the, yeah. the average thing. And if you wear Paisley, they hate Paisley. Really? No. I got a closet full of Paisley. <laughs> so you're good. You know, it spill a lot of gin on it. <laughs> when you, next time we're going to light it on fire. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, but faith healers can, can be employed or cover yourself with cedar, ash, juniper berries, corn pollen. Uh, wound it if you can help. Corn and then pollen. if you wound it, you can identify it the next day because it's almost like a, you know, the werewolf where it's, it's a lot oh, of the when same. It, when it injury. transforms back, it still has the wound, right? Right. Uh, and again, the other way we talked about already is the eye have, shine. Yes, you have a human. It's kind of reverse. If they're in human form, they have animal eyes. If they're animals, yeah. they have human that's eyes. Like, that seems like the easiest thing to try to check. You know, you just got to flash I, your flashlight at them real quick. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy if you're downtown hanging out with someone. It's yeah. not so easy it's skulking around the res to see what it looks like. Right, if it's sneaking up on you to begin with, yeah. You know, but witnesses report feelings of being watched, a sense of overwhelming dread. Uh, tapping and scratching at windows is very common. Uh, they're always wearing animal skins, often weathered, torn, poorly fitting. If they're an animal form. Uh, it's like they're, again, something off back to that not deer thing. Um, yeah, it's always just a little off. Like they're, they're not allowed to make that perfect. But again, that whole the more powerful you get thing, maybe they get you know, the more powerful they it. get, the better they get at it. And right. the most powerful ones, you can't even tell the difference when they transform. Maybe. Maybe. And then are they just sleeping in their bed and they're connecting to an eagle? Or well, that's are they true the eagle? Too. And that's, we're going to get to that at some it point. It may be much well. more just the spiritual rather than the physical. It gets complicated. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. We already discussed the color a little bit, but ashen gray, not very vibrant. Uh, no pastels. We haven't had any pastel wearing. You know, skin. Except for the yellow coyote, but we'll get to that in Bones interview. <laughs> there's one. You're right. There's one. Pastel. Yeah, that's a. That's my favorite part of that interview. Wow. Yeah, I guess I should say no past. We have one, one story like that. Yeah. Now. Generally, don't. It, most of these accounts are. It's dark, and I think they're just not seeing something very vibrant because it's dark out. Right. They don't come out during the day. Right. Generally, a lot of skulking in the shadows with these yeah. guys. We have one day story too from him too. So we'll. Cut two. You had actually two day stories, which are odd. My stories all happen at night, but that's because I'm basically nocturnal. <laughs> yeah, you're only up, you're only out around at that time. I only like going out at night, yeah. And the gender, it's fluid and always transforming, tend to be men or childless women, which is typical of the ordinary, you know, yeoman, shaman. Many tribes talk about the fluid gender aspects of many types of shaman. I was just reading uh, Lame Deer, Seeker of Visions, just when you picked me up from Bones, yeah. basically, and they have the Winkets, and it's basically this group that's totally, and every group seems to have this. Um, why do you think there's a non-gender component? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but why do you think there might be? Well, it's a, when you're so transformative, literally, in, in a physical sense, then I, I would think that gender stops meaning so much. Like when you are turning into other species, mm -hmm. how much does gender even matter anymore? But also, okay, you're asking me why. No, I think you got part uh, of it for I, sure. I do have another. I don't know if this is along the same lines or not. When you get into this mystic energy and this sort of magic, if you want to call it that, the, the masculine and feminine energies have their own strengths and weaknesses if you can harness them both equally mm -hmm. i would think that would make you much more powerful no, you got just overall. stop just stop talking now 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. So, that's part of the yeah. INFP thing right. is that um, it says that I have very balanced masculine and feminine energy, so I'm able to deal with any given situation. Right. Thing. Except when you're at that certain club and you definitely picked a gender there. I have walked <laughs> in the wrong door a couple times, but, you know, I'm I, I always I'm have a good kidding. time. In this area of the Southwest, I don't know where those clubs would be, and either does he. I, 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 I don't even go out anymore, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the other piece of it is this limicin, and this is where I want to just throw out this little, I want to do a temporal thing where I, can I project Mad Cujo's into the future? Ooh. Because if someone gets us the answer to this, we can do like a future Mad Cujo's. Okay. Should we give the award now, or should we wait? We got to wait. Okay. You know, but I, the limit So this is the Mad Cujo's contest. L I M I K K I N is supposed to be this Mohawk version of a skin walker. And I couldn't really find a ton of information on it. I found this one thing and it seems very similar to the Navajo version, but I, I couldn't find a ton on it. And if anybody has more information on this, the one website I did find was like a Dr. Fright's blog, and it was frightening because it was. An insecure it was unsecure website <laughs> Yikes. So, so there was yeah so you don't want to go there it was the like, limicin all right anyone so who don't, has don't any? get a virus don't get any malware but mm. if you have any information on this let us know especially anyone who you know anthropologist or someone actually of the community that knows more about it yes. send us an email monsterlorator at gmail.com and uh maybe we'll even hit you back for an interview there you go and there's an archetypal story of something luring us into the woods we always hear this mimicking. They usually mimic babies when they're attacking or, or, or people, you know, in distress. Uh, and if oh, it's yeah, the crying baby crying in the woods. Crying baby right? in the woods. Yeah. If it's a human with an evil shamanic powers and it can assume any dark totem or animal spirit, which can mean shape-shifting into a great number of beasties. So there's a lot of things that we could be dealing with, and it's why we have so, sheep and goats and oh, bear. Oh, so they can individually change into multiple animals shamans generally have more than one as as he as uh mercia eliade said Iklas, i like yeks from the tlingit but familiars oh. totems whatever you want to call them some people some shamans have one some have two some have 20 oh. Oh, like See, uh it's like the Beastmaster. exactly exactly he, he's got the eagle and the panther and the and the pair of weasels and all that right and uh there's the ice weasels Ice weasels. <laughs> is that a real thing, or is that just like something I chip off pieces of at a party? <laughs> my my friend Fred mentioned them when we were on acid once. Yeah. So more, oh, okay. more, more to come on. So they're real when you're on acid. More to come on. <laughs> but the, the other one is like Brandon Lee, the crow. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. So you got this kind of, that was more of a vengeful I ghost that comedy movie. thing. But, yeah. you know. Oh, well, yeah, totally. Or Odin, Very shamanistic or now that I... He comes back. He's going back and forth through the portal. Right. He's got the uh, crow familiar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or Lady Hawk. Same idea. Oh yeah, Lady Hawk was cool. That was, that yeah. was full on shape changing and stuff too. Right. Actually, I did watch that again like five years ago. Mm-hmm. It did not hold up as well as I thought it would. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember yeah, but liking it back. In watch the day. it again before you tell anyone to watch it. Oh, okay. In the eighties, it was good. All oh, right. Um, everything was good in the 80s yeah and i actually Bless have some my friends singing. who will probably get mad at me for saying this but that movie did not withstand the test of time wow we well, you know who does is odin and he had the two ravens that would fly out yeah. just like uh, oh, right he had the, the harman guy as well had those little weasels that he'd send out you know huh. 
you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Weasels and Beastmaster were the best, man. Little Robin Weasels. Yeah. Those like guys were great. Logo and Pogo, whatever the heck their names were. Wow, I think that might actually be right. I never would have pulled that. Yeah, I didn't either. I think I just guessed, but one of them might have been like, yeah. it was something like that. But these shamanic accounts didn't go unnoticed by Linda Godfrey either, which is why she called, when she had to do all the dogman stuff with those books we were exchanging for a while, yeah. uh, she called them witchy wolves because there's this kind of sorcerer flair to everything. So does the Us Files that we have, a family member that kind of met, you know, has one account. Oh, yeah. And it sounds very witchy wolfy, and we'll get to that at some point. Witchy wolf, I like that term. Yeah, it's, it's not term. mine. Linda Godfrey. Linda Godfrey, yeah. We'll give, her some give her all the credit. I'm just saying give I like that term. Credit. But I decided, like I said, to do kind of a monster roll call. And it, I only did this because there's so many commonalities. We have to start with what has one thing and then what kind of moves towards our quarry kind of thing. Right. So the basic Therianthrope stuff, we've got nature deities and we've got Therianthropes. They show up everywhere. We're gonna do, we're, This is going to shift into shapeshifters, I'm afraid, at some point. But for now, kind of has to, it, though, right? it, it did. It just went there. But you got the Kelpies, the Manicores, which are like part man, part line. You got Pan. You've got all these things in nature. Sir Nunes, uh, the from Celtic lore. Uh, there's the Leshy, which has the antlers that are more branches. And you've got Sir Nunes, which is more of an antler-headed thing. You've got the Wild Hunt. Um, they always have uh, Hearn the Hunter from Windsor, England. has like a stag antlers. If you watch The Witcher, sure, sure. They have season three, the uh, Wild Hunt fellows show back up. And if you read science fiction fantasy, I, I haven't watched The Witcher though. No. But if you read science fiction fantasy, the Wild Hunt shows up in a lot of. Oh them. sure, I could. Yeah, I could connect that to all kinds of things I've read. Yep, and there are tons of the, in this category. It's kind of mind-boggling or guy-woggling because there is a guy-woggle. <laughs> I found a guy-woggle. You just make shit up, don't you? No, no. <laughs> Yes, well, yes, yes. But in this case, no, no. <laughs> a guy woggle. There is a guy woggle. And try juggling. Sh should I woggle. juggle the guy woggle? You should juggle the guy woggle at some point because it's pretty skin. Walkery. Yeah, very good. You, you can. Good save. I saved you. You did. You saved me. But Bigfoot is another one. And the reason I mention this is because he's a mimic and he's a Therianthrope. And, you know, Nick Redfern mm -hmm. has the book. Bigfoot, a deadly mimic, mysterious universe. And there's some commonality to Whoa. what we're talking about. And they can kind of appear and disappear. So yes, so you're conjecturing that even the Bigfoot might be well, I'm only shape, starting, shapeshifters? Well, yeah. And there's a lot. This is in mind. There's a lot of people talking about this, but I'm just trying to get like a, a you know. I always hear. Further towards shifters. but When uh, it comes to the Bigfoot, I always hear the whole interdimensional thing. Right. So there's the portal people. Uh, applying it to the shape-shifting shamanism, I, I don't know if I've ever really heard that before I'm, myself. I'm starting somewhere that have, this one has the mimicry, it's therianthropic, it's all I'm yeah. saying. Oh no, it makes total sense. And, and, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm, we're going to get closer to it as we move on. The Kushtika, kind of the same thing as the Bigfoot, but it's half man, half otter. Uh, up in Alaska, <laughs> that's the Sumerian and Tlingit thing. Ken Gearhart's team cover these guys in Missing in Alaska. It's kind of an evil trickster. It has a High-pitched whistle that's going on, uh, which you're not supposed to wh whistle is another kind of theme. Yeah, that, that I, I, I'm so bad with again. that. I whistle too much. There's a cannibalistic theme. There's a lot There's a lot of commonality with that. There's just shamanic thing at the heart of the Kushtika, and we're going to get to that at some point. Uh, but as we get closer, you got the Iraq, which is from Inuit mythology, again, up north. 
cave dwelling shapeshifters who kidnap children. They skulk around the tundra Yikes. in a very similar manner than today's critter. They have glowing red eyes. They can appear farther than they actually are closer. And I think, you know, usually with the, the skin, Walker. it's just they're really fast. They're up here. They're down there. But right. some creatures, it's like they're, they're actually further away, but they appear closer. That's a theme. Yeah, they mess with your depth again. perception kind of thing. Yes. And the gin actually like, is Like uh, John Cleese in The Holy Grail. He's just running and running and running, but he's not getting any closer. And then just and then all of a sudden, he's running the guy through. That's, that, I knew where you're going. That's very that. skin walker. Yeah, very well, much. We he was messing with those guys' perceptions. That's you right. Know? We need to talk to him. Some Mr. evil Mr. magic going on in that exactly. movie, man. He was the Black Knight earlier in that movie. So yeah. We don't know. <laughs> and there was a rabbit. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Was he the rabbit? A killer rabbit. Yeah. Was Was he in the same scene? <laughs> Look at the bones. No, but and there was even a, the the necromancer dude and Tim. Tim the Enchanter. Tim the, the Enchanter. Thank yeah. you. I I honestly feel like I didn't think we'd get here in this roll call. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. It, it all comes back to the Grail, man. It all comes back to the Bridge of Eternal Peril. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite color? Blue, no yellow. Ah. <laughs> all right, stop, stop it. This podcast is getting far too time silly. Out. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> we have a timeout on the floor. All right. Let's Unnecessary stop. silliness. All right. We'll stop there. But no, the, the gin was far closer to this than I ever would have thought either. And uh, here's the Wiki, just back to Wikipedia. Oh, so this is the like Middle Eastern version, the, Correct. the gin. The exact origins and beliefs in the jinn are not entirely clear. Some scholars of the Middle East hold that they are originated as malevolent spirits residing in the desert and unclean places, often took the forms of animals. Others hold that they were originally pagan nature deities, gradually became marginalized as other deities took over greater importance. So that's kind of the background. Well, that's just the story of history right there. Right, but if you read Guiley, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, it, it gets a lot closer. Okay. Um, but here's the hin, and that's that's H-I-N-N, and that's kind of a it's a dog version, it's a or a ghoul, G-H-U-L, where we get the term ghoul from. They're cannibalistic shapeshifters. Again, sounding a little hey, similar. Yeah, yeah. Scylla, S-I-L-A, is the most malicious class of jinn from Arabic fo- folklore. Wikipedia again on on them. Uh, talented shapeshifters, often appearing in human form and female. They can be discovered by their hybrid appearance as animals or therianthropes. Accordingly, Salat are said to live in the desolate parts of the desert where they lead travelers and nomads astray, leading them to their deaths. The leading them to astray, just so common. Yeah, luring you out in the woods, luring you out into the desert. uh, The sirens luring you to the rocks and the water. Correct, exactly. So... And there's a Moroccan version called the Aisha Kandicha, which has the face of a woman and a camel's body. Um, That's weird. Yeah. I don't have any hump day jokes. If you do, <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Yeah. Well, Wednesday was yesterday. I'm, I don't have anything <laughs> today. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll get back to that. We'll come up with one. Goat man. I mean, we saw that some of them being go- one, you know, some yeah, of these things yeah. are goats. 1970s, Lover's Lane Flap in Fletchertown, Maryland. The creature is sometimes seen wielding an axe. Uh, we've all been there. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, in Flagstaff, we're all, we all go up to Low Observatory. We oh, park sure. there, and we have an axe. And <laughs> there was a creature with an axe, or just some dude with an axe. It was Goatman. Oh, Goatman actually carrying axe. an axe. Yeah, 
I didn't know they used you actual know the goat weapons. Man fly. Everyone yeah, knows but the I goat never hear of them carrying weapons. I didn't think they yeah. needed weapons. But he does lure people in the woods. He does. I don't know if he does mimicry. That's if someone knows anything about that, let us know. But uh, you know, preferably if you get that information to us, do it in the off-register voice of a loved one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. But sheep squatch, same idea. Woolly-haired cryptid, predominantly spotted around southwestern part of uh, West Virginia. Uh, and I added these two because they kind of have that shamanic, you know, wolf pelt back. You know, like maybe, oh. maybe the, the you know the skin. Walker was like, "Honey, have you seen my wolf pelt? You know, maybe just the stuff was at the dry cleaners. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. All I have left is the sheep. Come on, <laughs> I, gotta I haven't go to worn the- this thing in ten years. No one's gonna be scared of the sheep. <laughs> Come no on. one's scared of the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah." And we did the Wendigo. I just, you know, there's some similarities there. Still in the Middle East, the Rakshasa from Hindu mythology. There are these furry mimics who associate with dark sorcery and cannibalism. I created a, a spreadsheet, by the way, and I want to go over that a little thing's bit. thing's a monster. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I can format it so it's actually, like, readable. Yeah, that's why we need an It's, intern. like, too much information on there. Too much information running through my brain. But they're thick-limbed, curled tusk fangs. They have the edge of their mouths. We will get to the shapeshifter more. A little, the shapeshifter spreadsheet will be available on Patreon once we get it. Once we figure out how to make it really viewable, yeah. 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 But there's the were jaguar, and these go back to the Olmecs, mind mythology, you know, theranthropic guardians. The jaguar was associated with Zabalba, the ruler of the underworld. Uh, and they're reverse shapeshifters. So it's a kind of there's the were hyena, there's the mer people. They are actually animals that shift into people. Into people. There's crocodiles, uh, and yeah. they say they can do that, and uh, uh, the kinemas like that. And the jaguar is very much a figure of that whole guardian of the portal, too. Right. The ayahuasca. We'll get into that when that. we get to the ayahuasca yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the were hyenas are also called crocata, which is a delicious, cheesy fried rice ball. Croquette. Crocata. Croquette oh, okay. would be the cheesy rice ball. Yeah. And I'm down for some of that. We have to find some of those around you. Yeah, I could be lured in the woods with a cheesy rice ball. <laughs> Hell yeah, to fry some cheese, you can lure me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the warehouse have to do. they got to set up a trigger. Yeah. And they just gotta, it's like three mozzarella sticks this yeah. way. And, and people, you just walk into the woods. People show up with beer and like, hey, what's going on? And then they get beer and they eat you. Wow, that's a plan. <laughs> It's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. For or them, something. it's a plan. That's seriously like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> sure, it's except not a- they're Bugs Bunny, and and we're whatever Bugs is after, and that's not a good place to be in. We probably shouldn't put this out there for them. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't create schemes for them. Yeah, I feel like better. that's just making yeah, it way too easy on them. Probably a bad idea. Don't go into the woods. <laughs> Don't date Cheryl. <laughs> back to the back to Fletcher, Maryland, with the. But the were hyenas are very strong, very fast, and they work in a pack. Do you remember, like, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where Xander turns into one? You know, no, Xander the the oh, sure, the the Olmec ruler of the underworld. I never (laughs) really watched it. Oh, come on, I know the movie, I never really watched the show. You know, well, anyway, in those, they had like eye flash green in that episode, which. Actually, green which is not a thing no they so, should have made it yellow giles didn't do his homework for that one i yeah. feel like but it, you know still a good episode there's flesh gates which is like hanging around the national parks and they're kind of tall thin they got this elongation long nails uh you know 
Like that's the actual name of the creature? The Flesh Gates, yeah. Gross. So that's full-on Guardians of the Gate. I I don't know. We're gonna they are the gate, and they're made out of flesh. That's what that <laughs> intones to me. Yes. Portal Guardians. Yeah. There you go. But really, if you want to get to the Navajo part, this is where it starts to really start to connect. Deer Man, like I said, of Central Alberta. Mm-hmm. These sound like our skin. Walkers. Yeah, sometimes the shaman is more humanoid. Other times the animal's more, you know, it's kind of a spectrum. They're, they're sometimes more animal. They're sometimes more human. They're sometimes more therianthrope in between. But this is in Canada, and they take on these animal forms. And I already thought of a title if we do an episode on this, by the way. What's that? Not deer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. And there's, again, I said, mentioned these, the kind of mom. Not deer is a poser, eh? Yeah, eh? We, we will do some Bob and Tug McKenzie. We don't mean to scare you young children, but it's important lore up in Canada, you know? Yes, that's definitely uh, definitely important lore, Yeah, the McKenzie brothers. Yeah, and Kainama in South America. We're going to go a little south of Canada now. We got ja- half jaguar, half people, or half crocodile, half people. So that seems again. Ooh, crocodile, huh? We got the Aswang or the Aswan in the Philippines. You got, again, this black magic thing. You got the, Mon- the Monongal. You've got these tie-ins with witches, tie-ins with shamans. According to Herminia Her- Her- Menez, Explorations in Philippine Folklore, basically these Aswang cannibalized family members as well. So it's another thing that's going out in... in Associated with witchcraft, associated with cannibalism, half animal, you know. it's Yeah, yeah it sounds all, tie, all ties right in, yeah. It sounds similar. And I had to do the berserkers because everyone has to do the berserkers when you talk about shapeshifters. Oh, yeah, shapeshifter. love those guys. We have to keep Alex Bone happy. But I don't know how to pronounce all this, but Ulfion, U-L-F-H-E-O-I-N-N with all kinds of umlauti doohickeys over sure, there. Sure. Derived from Ulf meaning wolf and H-E-O meaning skin men in wolf skin it's a norse old wow. Norse term from you know some wolf that's almost the same term when you translate it yeah and i think when you talk about these things this is definitely a common kind of trope they're wearing the wolf pelt they're yeah. kind of connecting yeah. with that animal they have superhuman strength in battle um their witnesses sometimes report they were really like fighting werewolves you know and those guys had their rituals man they're they're clerics or magic men whatever they called them at that point would uh make up batches of blessed a potion yeah a potion very actually, much so the, yeah and from the accounts it, it was basically deer's blood fortified wine and psychedelic mushrooms yeah that they would stew up yeah and feed to all these guys and then they would strip naked and put on their skins and war paint and stuff and by the time they were charging into battle they were in this mm-hmm. all wild psychedelic battle state where they probably believed they were turning into the animals yeah and the leopard men of sierra leone which we'll get to at some point it's the same idea except there's also people parts in there so you're yeah. probably mixing hallucinogens i'm guessing this people part. parts yeah it's cannibalism Yikes. so there's there's a person there's blood and there's and if you if you throw in some psychedelics that's probably very potent yikes yeah we'll get to that but in 1015 a.d the berserker craze ended I think that's when Cabbage Patch Kids or Pokemon took over. I don't remember the details <laughs> specific. I wasn't around 10, 15. I'm old, but I'm not that old. I'm not, you know. The Cabbage Patch Kids were the good shaman exactly. bringing balance to the force. Exactly. 
And there's these Koryaks from Siberia. We're going to get to they're more psychic vampires, but there's a reason I'm mentioning them because put a pin in that because it kind of relates back. Okay. As we get. But as we get closer, we've got the Quivatok from the Tula people of Greenland speak of the Quivatok. And they are mountain walkers, lonely wanderers, or fell walkers. Exactly. They're called fell walkers. Fell walkers. Yeah. Okay. These are people who have turned their backs to society for a solitary existence in the mountains. We call them Greg's in our friend pool. Oh, I'm, I plan on being a hermit someday. <laughs> yeah. Well, just hang out with Greg more. Uh, yeah. He's, he's helping me along the way. There you go. <laughs> Once out of town in the tundra at the border, they are said to slowly transform into ghost-like or therianthropic creatures capable of taking on animal form where they acquire otherworldly powers to which they often guard sacred places. Oh, and there's the guardian thing again. Yeah. It goes back to nature deities. Foxes or ravens are two common forms of the Quivitoc. They are often blamed for unexplained events or misfortunes. Still sounds like our friend Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to listen to us. No, he doesn't. Oh, anyway, we got an interview out of him. We don't need him true, anymore. True, true. But they are often depicted with red eyes, and the only picture I ever found of one of these things looks exactly like a skin. Walker. And I don't know, like, it's just, you know, this is from PolarTrek.com. I'm not sure if I got the picture from that, but P O L A R T R E C dot com. When a man feels a great sorrow or loss in his life and there's nothing more to lose, he flees to the mountains and leaves everything else. He spends the rest of his life in the heart of Greenland's nature alone. That's why I live in Flagstaff. There you go. It's, you're part of that whole process, I guess. I disappeared into the mountain. Yeah. Could be worse, could be Yuma, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, that's <laughs> way worse. That's way worse. But this is similar to the fate of the Navajo shaman who seem to be like go off into their version of the tundra out into the desert. And uh, Green, it's, there's some commonalities there, I feel like. Yeah, it's crazy how much it overlaps. And in Australia, you have the uh, witch doctors are called featherfoots or bone singers, depending on their function. These two are shamans who can shapeshift into emus or dingoes. Oh, there you go. And that's the local version of that. Yeah. Right. So maybe it was a skin dingo who took your baby. Skin dingo. <laughs> and I also thought of Liberty Mutual commercials. That's a, that's a good band name, skin dingo. Skin dingo. What about Liberty Mutual commercials? What about them? It's Bob. It's Limu, Emu, and Doug. Oh, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. So basically, we got maybe on, there's more to come on that. They maybe, got those on Hulu. That's maybe, the only reason I've seen it. Maybe Doug is the shaman and Limu Emu is the Ikla or the Yek. I'm just saying. Oh, the Yek. I was going to say it can't be the same guy because they're in it together, but you're saying it's the Yek. It's like his familiar. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, of course, I think this gets really close. La Chusa of New Mexico, part woman, part owl. You guessed it. Cries like a baby, then lures people to their demise. Uh, Also associated with black magic, shamanism gone bad. Um, Why can't these just be female shaman who have an owl totem yeah they probably are because because men don't give women credit for anything but i'm sure there's a female shaman out there doing the same thing man come on yeah i was shocked and i again i have a spreadsheet about this we'll get more into it when we get into shapeshifters sorry i went a little off the tracks on this i'm bringing it back to our creature of today but i want well, to you're kinda, starting an arc i wanted to start yeah yeah i wanted to start back and kind of move towards this because what are we dealing with here uh, we have some highlight stories now that we're going to discuss about the skin. Walkers. And then again, we have a whole episode of our friends and Jeremy sitting right here, his account, yeah. which are all 
follow these tropes. And That's going to follow them. your two-parter, though. We'll, then we'll have our interview. Correct. So I do have stuff for you to read, though, because we have oh. some accounts we're going to do. I didn't know you were making me work today. Okay, I let me did. get my... Uh, there it is. I was almost ready. <laughs> All right, this is a story from phoenixenigma.com. It is a uh, first-hand story, apparently. The first one told me he was from Cameron, Arizona, and that to the west of the town, up in the mesas, lived a woman who everyone knew was a skin. Walker. His mother had told him to stay away from the area, and if he or his friends ever saw her, they were to run away. Run away. Run away. We gotta get off Python. I know. <laughs> I never will. He said that one day while walking with some friends, one of them pointed up to a mesa where they saw the woman standing on the cliff edge. He surmised the cliff to be at least a hundred feet tall, and it was broad daylight. They watched her just stand there, staring out over the cliff into the desert beyond for some time. Then all of a sudden, she stepped out and just floated to the bottom where they lost sight of her. Needless to say, they ran. He also said that whenever she would come around, people's sheep would die. And that was always a sure sign someone was a... Yanadalushi. Yanal Delushi. He said that the sheep were weak and couldn't take the evil energy of the creatures even being around. Sort of like a canary in a coal mine. He said that many people were aware of her and that no one was sure exactly where she lived, but they thought it was up in one of the caves up on the mesas. The elders said she was quite old, but nobody knew exactly how old, and none of them were about to go up there and get rid of her as they were all scared. This Navajo swore to this, and by the look on his face, I believed him. Nice, thank you. You're welcome. There is a second story, which starts right now. Oh, am this I doing these back-to-back? -back? The, yep, this is an Oklahoma encounter. And this is just from the Reddit community, but some of those cool. Reddit community ones have been really impressive. It can be a really good resource for this stuff, yeah. yeah. All right, possible skinwalker encounter, Oklahoma. This took place in mid-July this past year in Okima, Oklahoma. My boyfriend and I live in the Edmond slash OKC area, but we had come down to Okima with a few friends for the annual Woody Fest music festival to celebrate Woody Guthrie. The day was pretty normal. We unpacked our tent from my ex-Terra and it was a small two-person tent that looked silly next to giant 10-person tent our friends were staying in. We were camping out in this giant wide-open field. Near the desolate road there was a small house erected with showers and a pool behind it. The rest of the field was filled with tents. I called my mother to check in with her because I had missed a call from her while driving and we continued to unpack our stuff, cooler guitars, etc. The camping spots were pretty spread out except for ours because we shared a camping spot with our friends, so we almost literally shared a tent wall with them. Anyways, into the night we go. We attend the festival in a neighboring field and come back to the tents around 12.30, 1am. Chat with our friends in the other tent and then head back to ours to go to sleep. 
I wake up for apparently no reason at around 4.15 a.m. Most of the campground is quiet, though I can hear singing and a guitar being played a far distance behind us. The way our tent was set up, facing west from the back of the tent, was the whole of the campground. We were a bit on the outskirts. Facing east from the front of the tent... Oh, this is giving me tingles, just the fact they're on the eastern edge of this field, sorry. No, if you look at Cameron... It's giving me tingles. But if you look at even the Cameron story, it's, it, it matches the, the diagonal. Oh, yeah, totally. I, totally. Uh, well, maybe, because you said Tuba City wasn't. Cameron's halfway to Tuba City. We'll have to, we're going to have to map No, these. Cameron's definitely in there. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a good bit north of the peaks, and so it's definitely got to be inside that territory. I, I'd love to see that map. I'll work on it. Anyway, facing east from the front of the tent was a wide-open field with overgrown fence and a barbed wire fence maybe a hundred feet away from us. I'm awake, trying to go back to sleep, when I hear something calling my name. It sounds far away, but also as if it was right in my ear. I had no idea where the sound was coming from at first. Upon further inspection, the voice seemed to be coming from the field facing the front of the tent. I honestly have no idea how I came to this conclusion. Initially, I passed it off as maybe being sleep-deprived or possibly sleep paralysis. I don't have a history of sleep paralysis, but I genuinely have no idea what this was. I turned to look at my boyfriend, who is sleeping soundly, and about 30 seconds later, I hear my name being called again. But this time the thing is asking me to come to it. I finally figure out what it sounds like. The voice sounds almost like my mother's voice, but it's not quite right. There is an undertone to it that I can't pinpoint, but it just doesn't sound like my mother. I feel cold, vulnerable, and terrified rather than under the warm and protective aura of my mother. I instantly freeze. I cannot move a muscle. I am sitting upright in the tent now, just frozen. I can't move or make a sound or wake up my boyfriend. I just sit and listen. I still can't exactly figure out where the sound is coming from, as it switches between the field and right in my ear. This goes on for 30 minutes. The only part of my body that I could move were my eyes. My boyfriend has a calculator watch on his left arm that he had dangling out of his sleeping bag, and I could barely see the clock from my utmost peripheral vision. It called my name and asked me to come to it for a half hour. Then it stopped as quickly as it had begun. I still didn't move a muscle. Eventually, after about 15 minutes of silence, I laid back down. I took this time to note that all of the cicadas had stopped chirping. There were no bugs, no frogs, no birds, nothing. Not even the guitar was playing anymore. I suddenly hear the voice again, but it sounds like it is coming from right outside the tent, although still far away. This time the voice is demanding that I come to it, and demanding that I come out now. I lay frozen on the ground as this goes on for another 15 minutes. Then it stops. I fall back asleep almost immediately, practically almost on top of my boyfriend. I didn't hear the voice again for the rest of the night. 
I didn't mention it until months later. I woke up and convinced myself that it was probably just a dream, but I'm not so sure. After learning more about the paranormal and talking about this with my friends, I am almost 100% sure that I had an encounter with a skin. Walker. This is my first ever post on Reddit. I had to tell this story after rehashing it with a good friend of mine earlier tonight. All thoughts and comments are much appreciated. I'm still trying to figure out what I heard that night. Thank you, friends. So, Ooh, that's quite a story. I know you read a lot, but do you have any initial stuff before I... Man, there's a lot in there, actually. Yes. The East-West thing, which I tangented on there for a minute while reading it. The almost sounding like her mom, mm -hmm. and she had just called her mom right. when she got there. So there's that whole trope. Yep. It's weird, like, she says that the whole um, sleep paralysis thing, which is a common thing, but when she first started hearing it, when she first woke up started hearing it, she could move. Right. It was only after she realized what was going on that she froze with fear. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, I've never had it, but sleep paralysis, like you wake up frozen, right? Isn't that kind of the trope of it? Or can you fall into it after you've already like woken up and moved around? I think the thing I would add, and you're right on a lot of this, I don't know if she's really dreaming and then paralysis and then she's she's in between states. Oh, she's so she might that. think she was dreaming and then she's awake, then she's not. That's she's, what I was missing. She was in between the sleep and she waking. Was in between sleep and waking. And you don't know which was really she was, happening. She was in that in between on the edge mental state right. as well as on the eastern edge of that field. Right, and the eastern uh, edge we've always said was more associated with the skin. Walker. And the wolf of the east, and that's right. something we'll get into more. The west is more the thunderbird. Right. So, But again, you're right. This has this whole half asleep, half awake. Yeah. The time frames, you know, anybody dreaming knows that you think a whole year went by. Oh, sure. Just, yeah, the time scale in dreams time is ridiculous. Ridiculous. But at the same time, this was a profound experience, and it was disturbing, and it followed the luring out, it followed the... The, the registry of the the voice of the mom but not yeah. that warm fuzzy feeling from mom and she was called out of that tent and you know didn't didn't partake i'm thankfully. glad she didn't fall into its lure yeah i'm glad she stayed in the tent yep so i mean it may or may not be i mean it, it kind of again hits a lot of different genres but it's certainly she identified it as a skin walker story and i don't think it's you know necessarily wrong yeah no it could just as likely be that as whatever else it might be so this next one i snagged from 12 people tell their terrifying encounters with the navajo skinwalker and uh, it's a short one uh on the res alone at night my uncle and cousin saw a large deer on the side of the road when they got closer it hopped over a fence like a bipedal man one time driving back from Gallup, my dad saw an old Navajo woman walking on the side of the road, and when we slowed down to offer a ride, she took off into the plains, quickly, with inhuman speed. I wonder if it was the lady in white. Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if she had long white hair. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's we'll jump. We're That's episode ju five. We're jumping timelines. <laughs> we're Dr. What? Dr. WTF <laughs> is what I am. <laughs> Once when I was a kid, my family was at my aunt's house, which is in a rural secluded area, when we were toyed with by a few entities. They would make animal noises, and when we looked to the direction which the noises were coming, they would turn a flashlight on and off. 
The noises would come from all directions in increasingly shorter succession. Usually when I'm here on the reservation visiting, alone late at night, I will feel the presence of evil and dread. Panic and paranoia will wash over me. And as it suddenly, just as suddenly has appeared, it would leave. And that's... See, there's that thing again. It just comes and goes like that, too. Just like that last story. Yeah. Now it's some some spooky stuff out on the res, and we've got a lot more. And it is like people can feel it. Because they always have that, it suddenly was there, and then it was suddenly gone. Mm -hmm. But they're not even seeing it. Like, they don't, they feel the presence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everything's fine, and all of a sudden, the hair on the back of their neck stands up or whatever, you know? And they're having that moment, and then all of a sudden, the feeling is gone. Yeah. Right? That's how I kind of. Well, that's why that's why the 66 stories from Darkness Prevails, I didn't have all these accounts. It's dark, and they're just scared. Something's happening, and they're seeing something, or they're hearing flapping. A lot of stories were not really definitive as what what they were seeing, but they were terrified out on the res, which isn't uncommon, as we'll see, even with our friends. Really not. Even our friends who are, you know, we're not talking about, you know, folks that are, are Native American. They're folks that have stories from native americans yeah but they are scary <laughs> cisco actually is a native american mexican and native from, american. from the mexican area but he right. isn't he is he is not an immigrant but i've seen his dna tests man. yeah yeah he's like 90 percent indigenous yeah and uh, he had a similar and he experience. has some stories too yeah we, we got that interview in the can too that'll be coming up down the road a little bit yeah, and it was it was shocking to me his story more maybe than anyone's because Alex Bones I've heard some of them Greg's I've heard some of yours I've heard some of I didn't hear Cisco's at all and it was yeah I barely knew any of that going in those those are my favorite interviews when they like totally surprise you with everything yeah no it was it, more to come on that there is a Flagstaff incident by FMC and the reason I bring this up and I focused on it was because it was a hundred yards if that from your your house where you lived when i walk my dog there all the time now. yeah yeah back in the I'm, day i'm actually living just on the other side of it now I, i've lived oh yeah yeah that's right yeah. you he moved from one side of the hospital to the other pretty so. much but uh this is the story of sarah sargazzo and i only mention this because you know she was found dead uh she worked at fmc i believe and parts of her body were missing and it was it not not huge parts it was like a breast and like parts of you know like there was bite marks yeah and there was a ritualistic manner there was strange twigs kind of uh it, it was actually the reason i mentioned is the first time the skin walker was mentioned during a court hearing and i tried to get that information if anybody has more it's like, actually on the record freedom of information act we should be able to get this and I, we should put in a request. I, yeah, we got to put in a request, and maybe we can read it at some point. Yeah, we'll do a side trail on it once we get it or whatever. Yep. Uh, I think it's a really creepy story, and it's right in our neighborhood. Uh, it was in our neighborhood, especially yours. And you know, I have to say, if we can get more information on that, we will definitely look into that. Yep. Well, this is a nice segue to what I like to call, I guess what we like to call, the Us Files. Dun-dun. I don't have a bumper for that yet. Yeah. 
And an that's, us file, that's my temporary bumper. <laughs> the appetizer us file was your little story of something jumping on your roof. Well, let me just straight define an us file on MLT, Monster Lore Tour here, is a story from us personally, um, family members, close friends, and ultimately members of our of the MLT community. Yeah, yeah. Close circle. Now we'll expand that to eventually. Right. To, to that folks. I'm not going to do my us file. You, this is a you episode. But um, I do have family members who came across. It's more of a dog man sighting. Mm-hmm. It happened in Michigan. It was very, followed all the tropes. The reason I'm mentioning it for the skin walker episode is both of them talked about almost a transformation-y kind of thing. Now, they don't rule out dude in wolf max, mask on side of road. They don't rule that out. But okay. what they saw, because this is a seven to nine second sighting as they're driving by, they slowed down, they looked. But what they saw in their minds, perhaps, it was more of a transformation between human and wolf. And they took Anything on. anyone ever sees is only in their mind. Are you just trying to Sorry, go blow ahead. my mind right now? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Reality man. is relative. Let's just put it that way. No, I, I, I understand, but. They both report a transformational thing happening where it seemed to be more wolf turning into man during that nine seconds. It was turning from animal to man. Right. And they were actually witnessing. Right, side of the road. And there's so many uh, Michigan stories, side of the road. Could be hoaxers. Michigan's a weird place, dude. There's some weird energy in the land up there. Well, that's where these dogman sightings originated right and these this is where they're sitting on the side of the road and this story happened right in you know that central area where wow. these things are happening uh just i think it's wexford county or whatever maybe the hub and this was just slightly further east of there okay. but the reason i mention it is because it kind of follows the more of the shamanic piece of it than just some animal right i'm going to do the full episode i will do the full account maybe get them to do a statement or come on right if we do a dog man uh you know episode if, if they don't want to come on they can always just write it down yeah too, you know like write an account and we can read it for them right yeah we'll see what happens as we get closer and if they're yeah. comfortable i know one of them is very uncomfortable about one's uncomfortable about one is you know maybe open to this and right. we'll we'll see what happens but the reality is, is you would not have heard the story unless it's just another sighting. Yeah. None of our friends, you would have ever heard these. Well, tales. that's the thing. We're going to bring you all these stories that you've never heard before. They're not on the internet. We're getting them personally from the people. They've never put it out there before, and it's going to sound like all those other stories you've and found it's on the internet because it's the same thing happening to it's all the, these people. And it's closed circle. It's yeah. like how many ways to bacon? Like we're talking one <laughs> way to bacon right now. Yeah. It's not bacon. even Hogzilla and we're talking one way to bacon. Yeah. But the only one I did report this to and I will tell you this is Shannon Legro from Into the Fray. Yeah. After this happened, I had to tell somebody. <laughs> so I called her and she actually called me back. And but we, you didn't follow up well here's the thing i didn't see it she true, wanted to true. see it she wanted to have an interview this was not a her drop the ball moment this was just i really didn't if i had seen it i would have been on into it the wasn't fray. your story it wasn't tell. my story yeah fair enough uh, but i want to wrap this up this has probably been a long episode uh we oh, do good. have 
It's finally going to be over. Oh, please don't ever make me do this episode again. There, oh, yeah. We'll get into that at some point. I'm looking forward to the side trail. It's going to be very therapeutic. But next time, we're going to do the uh, Sculling Muggles. We're going to talk about some of the theories, what some of the skeptics are talking about, and what this may or may not be. Uh, and this did, as we talked about, kind of kick off a shapeshifter arc. And this is a two-parter, so we'll be doing all our closing segments at the end of yeah. part two. Right, and this will close because this is the end of the arc officially. Okay. No, there's no well, end to this arc. There is no end to this arc. There is only Zool. Oh, no. Yeah, and by the way, by the way, Zool is a Sumerian demigod from 6000 BC, the minion of Gozer, as we all know, depicted as a type of hellhound. Yet another example of a dog underworld guardian. Are we still talking about... Hang on, hang on. Zul is a Therianthropic shapeshifter who assumes the shape of two portal guardians. And when these two beasts successfully possess humans, in the case of Ghostbusters, who uh-huh. was it? Sigourney uh-huh. Weaver and... Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. It allows Gozer to break free of his bonds and seek dominion over mankind. Now, David Bowie, he was originally cast to be Gozer, at least in the fantasy version oh, of mine. That would have been awesome. That would have been great casting, by the way. I just made that up, but I think it's really cool. It was supposed to be male. Yeah, but, yeah. Originally. It, they changed well, fluid. it. Yeah. Yes, the Winkets. Let's get back oh to my the suit. Exactly. But here's the thing. With the podcast, I mean, really what we were dealing with here is we're dealing with the Hittites. We're dealing with we're going back into this whole monstrous all right sorry everybody Moz went a little off the rails at the end of that one there i'm just gonna uh, wrap this up real quick for you check out our patreon at patreon.com slash monster lore tour you can join for as little as five dollars a month and it gets you access to all our side trails bonus stuff early access to all our episodes and things like that every membership helps send us your stories comments questions to monster lore tour at gmail.com we'll see you next week Have a good one, listener. Stanislaus National Fart. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me is correct. <laughs> I'm going to start that again. We are going to edit that, that out. great. No, we are starting that again. <laughs> Stanislaus National Forest. Shut up!